For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, everybody? Sergio is talking during my intro, which is fine, because this is still the Tailgaters podcast, and us as college football fans are very disappointed, but we are excited to give you some college football news. Sergio, tell me how you're feeling as a Florida fan, a Florida resident, to be honest. (laughs) Well, first of all, I... Before you start recording, I said, wait, hold on. I have to pull up the scores. The train will and come. that's what you heard. And so Borba, he decided not to listen to his permanent guest and instead decided to start the run. <laughs> now, which is fine, which is fine. But I think this is indicative of the energy that I'm coming at this episode of the Tailgaters today because, um, yeah, it's not been a great weekend of football it for me, not. Borba. <laughs> not been a great it's weekend, my rough friend. Weekend for, we'll we'll um, get into we'll, the, the college aspect of Sergio's yeah. rough weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, to start the season, well, I guess we'll get into it right now. Um, you guys lost to the Ed Orgeron-led mm-hmm. Tigers. Um, the biggest story from that game, outside of obviously your disappointment and your coach's will- lack of willingness to fire your defensive coordinator, is that Ed Orgeron is going to be not fired, but at the same time will not be the coach next year. So he's technically, they're parting ways in a way that's like he's getting fired, but... Mm-hmm. Would you want Ed Orgeron to finish out the season? Um, there's been rumors that he's been very distracted this year and that he's brought around some female friends to practices and let their kids run through drills. And Ed Orgeron just hasn't had his mind on the Tigers. Yeah, I I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you did because I have something to say about Coach O. Um. Listen, I think Cocho should have been gone when the whole Darius Geis stuff came up. And for those that don't know, uh, Darius Geis, a former NFL player, a former LSU Tiger, um, he was basically, uh, legally, how do I say this? Um, he was a- accused of sexual misconduct, and I believe it was battery. Don't quote me on that. I'm not trying to slander someone any more than... They are already alleged, so I don't want to put words in people's mouth and stuff. But there were some troubles with not just um, Darius Geis. Darius Geis was one of probably the most high-profile name um, and situation that came out of a report by Sports Illustrated and USA Today a couple, I want to say a year and a half, maybe a year ago. We were at Quinnipiac when that came out, I believe. Um, So it had to be under a year ago. I think he should have been gone there because it showed a complete lack of – infrastructure and institutional control as the NCAA likes to put it that actually report led to Les Miles being fired at Kansas um even because of his indirect or direct role within that situation so um yeah it's just he's and then on the football side of it he hasn't been performing I think they're 10 and 9 in their last um 19 games since the national championship game um and you can say it's situational because last year was COVID they I mean I predicted this after the national title game with the amount of players that were leaving to the NFL from that national title team. 
it's almost impossible to get to that level of success again the following year. So there was going to be a drop-off. I just think that the drop-off combined with the off-the-field stuff, combined with reports that not only were some, um, I think female friends is the right choice of words that you use there, Borba. Um, not only were they around the program and his head man not been 100% in there, but apparently that there was some butting of heads between the athletic directors and the administration at the university and Coach O, so they weren't really getting along on that page. So I think it's a good opportunity to split up. Um, letting him finish the season, uh, I don't know what that does, to be honest, but um, I guess when you win a national title two years ago, there's a certain level of quote unquote, and I'm putting air quotes up listeners because podcasting is a visual medium, um, quote unquote, respect uh, that they feel like they have to give him and show him because, I mean, it's not a good look to coaches around where you can get rid of someone less than two years after winning a national title and not even give them the opportunity to finish out the season. So, um, yeah, man, I I don't know. I think it's a weird situation. Um, Honestly, we talked about it last week. I think the Billy Napier contract is signed. Uh, just being hidden somewhere. Um, and um, yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say about that before handing it off to you is Florida lost to its football team that had their coach already fired because the reports are that this was worked and negotiated before the Florida game. So go Gators. Not to, huh? not to mention great, the UF. 20 missing scholarship players or whatever number it was. It was you guys. I, I think that might've been Emory Jones's mm-hmm. worst game as a starter for you. Um, he hasn't always performed at the top of his game, oh, yeah. but four picks, a couple of them looked like he was trying to throw it to the defensive backs. Like, I mean, in his defense, I guess they were open, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Richardson made some interesting comments, which I want to get to next. Um, I'm going to talk about the Ole Miss game first, and then I'm going to talk about Lane Kiffin. So Ole Miss okay. had a very close game with Tennessee, mm-hmm. which was Lane Kiffin's um, first college head coaching job, I believe. Uh, did not end well, but he won the game and had objects thrown at him, objects such as beer bottles, mustard bottles, um, a golf ball, and which he took did. with him to and the he press conference. Gifts about it. <laughs> but Lane Kiffin, all the after the victory, he was very active on Twitter. He's not he's not always active on social media, but when he is, it is always interesting. And so Anthony Richardson after the game. Um, cause your, your Gators players were given a lot of interesting interview answers about the defensive coordinator. Um, one of your players says, I just run what is called and I count on my teammates to make plays. Um, another, someone asked Anthony Richardson how he felt about, um, the starting quarterback situation going forward. Obviously he should be the starter. I think that's been blatantly obvious for a while. And I think that game just solidified it, but he said something to along the lines of, I can't worry about that right now. Um, he his focus he didn't he didn't really say that he was going to be a gator in the future but he didn't say that he was going to leave either and so i think a lot of people were reading into this maybe a little mm-hmm. too much i think you kind of get caught in the moment after the game and just say like you're just a little short with the media cuz the media obviously knows how to um ask the the very fun questions in the worst moments they they know how to we know how to annoy you unfortunately it is. Um, they're hoping it's for certain answers, and that was the that was the vibe I got from that answer. But Lane Kiffin retweeted a certain t- tweet by Mr. Anthony Richardson himself that said, I'm a Florida Gator through and through. Sorry if my response wasn't clear enough, but I'm not worried about anything but maximizing my opportunity now. Don't count us out. And Lane Kiffin decided to retweet that. And then he retweeted 
the video of him doing a backflip with that little young child where he said, love you, Gator Nation. And so it just seems like Lane Kiffin was very active and your Gators were your your quarterback. I'm assuming your new quarterback was a lot on the main the main focus on a lot of his tweets last night. <laughs> Any thoughts? He he was and this can be Lane in two different ways, right? This can be Lane just trolling and, you know, with the whole will he won't he. I'm glad you read off that clarification tweet. I can exit out of that tab. Lane Kiffin is a notorious troll. He tweeted something Um, from the LA tarmac the other day where he got fired from USC. Yeah, he's he knows he Lane Kiffin does Twitter good. Okay, (laughs) Lane Kiffin do good Twitter. That is his MO. So he could be trolling. But what I truly believe, and this may just be the naive Florida fan in me after getting the reassurance tweet from AR-15 and all that stuff, but this could be Lane saying, yeah, we need people to stick at the programs a bit more. We need people to work for their starting spots. He deserves it, this and that, whatever. Because I do believe that Lane Kiffin had a good relationship with Anthony Richardson during his recruiting process. Um, And so that's something that I feel... I'm not too worried about. I I had a friend of mine send me that in a group chat today and be like, oh, if <laughs> a friend of mine said, oh, if Anthony Richardson's transferring to Ole Miss, I'm transferring. I mean, that could be tampering. <laughs> some people said, yeah, yeah, right. And some people said, oh, that means Lane Kiffin is interested in the Florida job. Um, you know, talking about that situation. But listen, I think it's Lane just being Lane. I'm not reading too much into it. This is the man that quoted um, – this is the man that quoted a um, LSU tweet that was sent out that said, Mr. Potato said, Mr. Potato <laughs> Head says, do not litter as like a joke to yeah. the Tennessee fans. So, but I do want to go back to a, a point that you made earlier about just the Florida no, program. And, and I was going we'll to move on you, to other things. Um, because- I d- I'm going to go ahead and say Dan Mullen mm-hmm. shouldn't be fired. Obviously. I think he's a great offensive mind. I think he was got a little too prideful and sticking with Emory Jones when he knew that Anthony was the answer, but I do think if anybody should be given the boot, it is your defensive coordinator. Um, and I will allow you to go off of that because I'm sure that was along the lines of what you were about to say. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Mullen is loyal, full stop. He is a loyal person, at least in the football sense. I don't know in his life, whatever, but he is a loyal person in football. And that is good sometimes. That's good for Kyle Trask when he decided to give Kyle Trask the opportunity and stuck with him when he was a little bit rocky when he filled in for Felipe Franks, but then came out the following year and was a Heisman finalist. But that can be bad. And in this situation, the um, defensive coordinator situation um, is just not doing good. I mean, Todd Grantham, we joke in Florida circles, it's third in Grantham because on third down, he likes to send the house and we end up giving up. If it's third and 14, it's a bit... It, Honestly, as a Florida fan, if we have a team stuck at third and 14, it's I would much rather have a team stuck at third and four than third and 14 because of the way that we give up those big plays on third down. So we call it third and Grantham. I think Mullen, I, I am actually not mad about the quarterback situation. If there's one area that I'm not going to judge Dan Mullen on, it's quarterback development. The man has a track record of developing quarterbacks. I mean, right now I have the Cowboys... Patriots game on in the background here. Dak Prescott, he turned into an NFL quarterback. Alex Smith, he turned into an NFL quarterback. He made Tim Tebow look decent and was able to get him on a roster, and that's decent enough to get on a roster in the NFL. Um, I mean, he, he's been able to develop quarterbacks everywhere he's gone. Nick Fitzgerald, people forget how good of a college quarterback he was before his injury. He's done it everywhere he's gone. 
So quarterbacks, I'm not mad about. I truly believe that he was giving Anthony Richardson the time to develop. I think the hamstring injury pushed everything back a couple weeks because he wasn't able to practice and they really didn't want to lose him long term. I think that's a good thing. I think he generally put player safety above results on the field, which as a human being, I respect. Um, and I think that that delayed a little bit the the aspect of AR-15 taking over the job. So I'm not mad about that. I And if you look at what happened today, Anthony Richardson was able to get more of the playbook. And he showed that he can handle it, which is good. Awesome. Now that we're at this point, we move forward. He makes the quarterback change, and we're fine. I'm not mad about the quarterback situation. Because if people forget, Emery played really well the past few games. It was the defense that let us down, which brings me back to the too loyal to a fault. There needs to be change. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it on, on Sideline Judgment, Judgment with an E. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I said it there as well. You need to show that you are willing to make the tough decisions and not be stubborn and do it for the better of the program. And that will be Mullen's downfall. His pride will be his downfall because X's and O's, there, are, isn't, there isn't a coach in the country I would take over Dan Mullen, offensive X's and O's. Swear to God, on God, completely. But his downfall as a head coach will be his inability to make a change. You know he's never fired a coordinator? He has never fired a coordinator in his entire head coaching career at Mississippi State or at Florida. The only time that he has had to hire someone else is when they have gone away. I'm sorry, he fired Manny Diaz once. That is the only coordinator he has fired is Manny Diaz. So for me, that shows a, a pattern. Can he change? I believe he can. He's a young coach for, for a college coach. He's a young guy. I think that he can grow and learn into that. But unfortunately for him, he does not have time. There is, not, there is no time for him to grow into that change. He needs to make the decisions that he needs to make, and he needs to do them quickly in order to, A, get the fan base back on his side because Florida is one of those programs where the fan base is either all in with you or they are all out on you. And that is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Right now, fan base isn't with him. I have been one of his most loyal defenders because I see, I, I, I respect the intellect that he has. I see what he's done with quarterbacks. I lived through the Jim McElwain, Will Muschamp era. That was my student. Those are the games I paid money to go to as a student. And I finally see what's happening with Mullen offensively. And we have like a, what, 18-game streak of 400 yards or more. Yeah, but the issue there is that we're below 500 against Power 5 teams in our last like eight matchups. That's a problem. You need to win the football games. None of this statistical stuff matters if your run, if your defense is getting bullied by an offensive line that has multiple starters out, by a coach that is fired before the game starts, but no one even knew, by a team that has over 20 starters, scholarship players out with injuries and such, and you can't go in there at 11 a.m. local time in Baton Rouge and get a victory against a team that is, by all accounts, sinking as we speak and has been for two years? It's unacceptable. It's 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 unacceptable, and it's not what he basically was uh, promoted when he got to Florida. Said so he's going to reimplement the Gator standard, right? What is the Gator standard? We're going to work harder. We're going to be better. We're going to execute. We're going to do the right things. We're going to get results. The Gator standard was there his first two seasons. It slipped a little bit last year, but we had a dynamic offense that could get it up. Now it's not happening. There is no Kyle Pitts. There is no Kadarius Tony. There is no Kyle Trask on this football team to be able to elevate our offense to make up for the deficiencies that our defense has. You have defensive players, alumni, tweeting about the scheme situ problems that our defense has. Like, what's going on? 
You have Mohamed Diabate, who, when asked if he's confident in a defensive scheme, says, quote, I'm confident in my teammates' ability to play hard. I'm confident in my teammates, end quote. Diabate has a 3.9 GPA and is on track for a road scholarship. The man knows what he's saying. The man is being careful with the words that he puts out in his mouth because he understands the consequence of those words. This is as much of a, I do not believe in Grantham as you will ever get from a football player. Okay? A move has to be made. This is the most critical offseason in Dan Mullen's tenure coming up. He either makes the moves or he, unfortunately, this time next year, we're talking about a coaching search. Because honestly, it, it, it would get that bad. It would get to that point. I'm with you. I'm not firing Dan Mullen today. I, he needs to get an offseason to kind of try to re- fix this. But I think the rest of the season now is you're going to get beat by Georgia in two weeks. And at that point, you're what, four and four, which is yikes, pretty bad. The rest of the season is give the keys to AR, see what he can do, develop him, get him on track for next season, make the coordinator change and get this defense right so we can have a chance to compete for the East. We should not be behind Kentucky as in terms of the hierarchy of the SEC East. Georgia, I understand. Kirby Smart, he quote-unquote recruits really well, okay? He makes some quote-unquote convincing arguments to players, all right? We can't compete with that. I understand that. But we can beat them on the field. And the way to beat them on the field is by having the right coordinators and the right schemes to out-talent, I'm sorry, to outwork and out-scheme the five-star talents that Kirby Smart doesn't develop. Whoa, hey, oh, shots taken. I know, but whatever. Leave, leave um, I feel like alone. I've been rambling, Borba. I'm leave sorry, Kirby but I feel alone. like I'm getting it uh, on all On the bright out. side, there, there is a certain um, coach who's going to be fired from his job in three games' time, um, Ed Orgeron, who's pretty good on the defensive side and a good recruiter. Maybe he'll tag along and join you guys as your defensive coordinator as a defensive analyst. No, I'm just kidding. I think I think he'll get – he might go to the Alabama rehab know, facility. Or some people have been – trying to link him to texas which i mean i don't listen listen man the best job in college football i tweeted it today a reminder that the best job in college Mm. the best job in the world is a fired sec head coach because ed orgeron's buyout is 17 million dollars if i was coach o i would sit in louisiana eat myself some crawfish i mean and relax for or he'd make a great um like tv host like you know how they have like bob stoops on big fox noon or whatever it's called or oh he would he would do great on he'd be calling people sissy he'd be like he'd be ucla and they're sissy blues like he'd be he'd be out of pocket um (laughs) i'm glad you brought up the Uh, kentucky and georgia and the top 25 because that's where we're going next mm -hmm. um we're we're gonna address a new ap top 25 and so we'll go through it real quick um yeah. Can I be can I be honest with you? Well, welcome to the surprise, Sergio. Number one is, right now. So number one, Georgia. Five reactions. Obvi. I know. What? Are you kidding opinion. me? They, Georgia, they number be one? There. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cincinnati has slid all the way up to the two spot. <laughs> um yep. Oh! The Bearcats. Oh, can you see me? Can you hear me? I can see you and I can hear you. Borba. Are you okay, Sergio? Number two in the country? I'm fantastic. This is made up for the Florida stuff. Cincinnati's they, the number two team in the country. Two weeks they before indeed they come are. out with the uh, Number three is Oklahoma with Caleb Williams, who no surprise oh. there. Oklahoma looked like a... I like how I like how you specify. Well, it's not Oklahoma, Oklahoma with Spencer Caleb Rattler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I only say no, that because not. Caleb Williams absolutely bald. Um, I will say that TCU kind of, I don't want to say limited him because the game kind of changed in the second half to where he ran or where they ran. 
but he only threw for like 50 yeah. yards in the second half, but they didn't need him to throw at that point. But he went off in the first half. Um, number four is Alabama. No surprise there. I feel like they'll always be somewhere near the playoff. Ohio State five, Michigan six, Penn State mm-hmm. seven, Oklahoma State, who we lost to in devastating fashion. And I'll get to in my minute of complaining later. Um, Michigan State is right after them at number nine. Oregon at 10. Iowa, who lost to Purdue, is at 11. Ole Miss, yep, they dropped all the way from number two to 11. Ole Miss is at 12. Notre Dame, I think, stayed in the same spot at 13. Coastal Carolina at 14. They moved. Okay. Notre Dame moved up a spot. They were. Notre Dame and Coastal have both moved up a spot. Kentucky's at 15 15 now. Wake Forest is the most disrespected 6 0 team Mm -hmm. at 16. Texas A&M. They repeated their success against Alabama and beat Al- or Missouri, excuse me, as in they played well. That's not repeating success as in beating Alabama. Um, they just continued winning. Um, North Carolina <laughs> State is 18. Auburn, who upset Arkansas and knocked them out of the rankings, and now apparently Bo Nix can play football, is number 19. And Baylor's at 20. SMU, 21. San Diego State, 22. The fighty Kenny Pickett's at 23. And the University of Texas San Antonio, number 24, making their – their first beep, time beep. ever winning seven games in a row in school history. And then Purdue, who upset mm-hmm. Iowa, has slid into the 25 spot. And Purdue owes David Bell all the flowers. That man, he he went so far off yesterday. He had 11 catches for 240 yards and a touchdown. And Sergio, have you seen his stats against Iowa in the past three of course I have because he okay. he's my fan. So for those of you who haven't, against Iowa, in which they have beaten them, I think three of the last four times they've met, matched up, uh, David Bell has 11 catches, or 11 reception. He has combined 37 catches for 558 yards and five touchdowns against Iowa in three seasons as a Purdue Boilermaker. The kid is going off. And so any teams nah. that you are excited about in the top 25 now question questioning um the others receiving votes are clemson utah who had a nice win over arizona state um arkansas byu air force iowa state louisiana arizona state florida texas ucla houston virginia any thoughts on the top 20 in lsu um thoughts on the top 25 shout out to utsa i think they're the first conference usa team to make the college football playoff since Marshall a few years ago. Um, the AP Top last 25. Year, the year before, they had that massive run. Not the college football playoff. That'd be yes, crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. Oh, never mind. Then never mind on that. But um, I think it's notable that we have Ohio. It, it's very clear what the AP voters kind of see in terms of tiers of teams. It's very much um, Georgia number one, for sure, best team in the country. Then you have this tier of Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Then you have this Alabama tier where they can kind of jump down. Like Alabama sitting at four is basically like a holding spot. They're like a plane when there's no gate to land. They're just kind of hovering and they're just waiting for the opportunity to strike up and jump into that top three. Um, Most likely at the SEC championship game against Georgia. So Alabama, like no worries for them. They control their own destiny. It is what it is. And then you have that group of three big 10 teams, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State at five, six, and seven um, that are going to sort themselves out. Uh, I think it's, very accurate. I think Michigan fans will be very mad, but Ohio State is above Michigan, even though Ohio State has a loss and Michigan is undefeated. Um, it's very much one of those, it's the way you play football and not the result situation going on there. 
Um, and yeah, Michigan State just staying undefeated seven and zero. Same with Oklahoma State, undefeated six and zero. Not two two teams that we would not have expected at the beginning of the season to be in the top ten. Very happy with them going down into the teens. Um, let me see here. Wake Forest staying at sixteen. You said they're most disrespected six and zero team. Um, I th- I think they are, but they're definitely one of those like schematic teams where um, I don't see them jumping up that level into the top 10. I think they're pretty accurately ranked in terms of performance. So that's an interesting one there. Um, Auburn. Okay. I've said it before. I've, I'll say it again and I'll say it till I die. There are two quarterbacks on that Auburn team and they're both named Bo Nix. You have good Bo Nix and you have bad Bo Nix. And we have been getting a lot more good Bo Nix than we've been getting bad Bo Nix. And I think this is a testament to letting quarterbacks just get time under their belt. Because I want to remind everyone, Bo Nix started as a true freshman at Auburn in the Gus Malzahn system, which is not very, how do I put this nicely? It's not very, it doesn't lend itself to needing to develop as a quarterback, right? You can kind of maintain the same traits that you have coming in as a freshman, maybe develop a little bit into a sophomore year, but you kind of don't need as much there. You know, the reason that Cam Newton was able to just like blow the doors out when Gene Chizik was the coach and Gus Malzahn was the coordinator is because he's Cam Newton, you know, like there's only one Cam Newton. You're not going to get one every single recruiting cycle. So I like what I've been seeing out of Bo Nix. It's been great. Um, They're quietly five and two. Like, I think that they're doing some good stuff there and Brian Harson should be happy with his squad. I think that's, it's a good thing for them there. Um, And then, yeah, Pitt love seeing Pitt in there. Uh, We got Kenny Pickett's doing well. SMU six and zero. This like back half of the rankings from like Auburn at 19 to Purdue at 25 is like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm surprised that these teams are doing very well. Maybe even one more with NC state, right? They're five and one at 18. I'm surprised these teams are doing well, but I'm very happy that they're doing well. So those are my immediate thoughts on the AP poll. And who, who are the seven voters voting for Florida in the top 25? What are you doing? Revoke your credentials. (laughs) No, don't, I don't know. I mean, like when I see all the five votes for Texas, I was like, I mean, our past two, all of our losses have been, our, Arkansas wasn't ranked at the time, but they ended up turning out to be decent. But like we lost to the number six, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and we lost to number 12, Oklahoma State, and you guys lose to LSU. And they're like, get them back in there. We need them back. <laughs> uh, something that something that's like we've talked about know. multiple times is that Big Ten group. Um, that's really interesting to me because they will play itself out. But I think the way their schedule is formatted mm-hmm. is it'll be a great like end of the let's see one two three four five last five weeks of college football for the Big Ten. But at the same time, the Big Ten could very well mess up its mm-hmm. own, get in its own way, and knock each other out of uh, playoff contention. Because just looking Absolutely. at Ohio State's schedule, and I'm looking at Ohio State's because that was the one I typed in first. Um, they're all roughly the same, so don't attack me. They're all going to uh-huh. be this version and a different variation. <laughs> Um, their next game is at Indiana, but then they go okay. Penn State, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. So one, two, three of their last five games, four of them will be against another ranked team in the 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 top ten, mm-hmm. um, and then four of them in the top twenty-five, three of them in the top ten. So obviously the Big Ten has some very big weeks coming up, and so if you're the Big Ten, do you, do you call for parity or do you call for someone just being dominant because you? I, oh no! That's you, why you I was call for too. someone being dominant. But who was going to be that? I think being dominant. This is Michigan's year. Because here's, as in, like this is their best chance to win the Big Ten. And even then, CJ Stroud has like, like we overreacted, or we as in the world 
overreacted to him struggling as a true mm-hmm. freshman. Um, the kid's fine. I know well, it's, college football it's a hot take, but the kid has since me? gone on to throw for 18 touchdowns and three interceptions and is close to 2,000 yards. Um, and they have a crazy running back room and a crazy receiver room. So who knew Ohio State with all their five stars and talented people would do well? I know it's a shock. But I think although they are as good as they are, this is probably Michigan's best defense they've had in a while. Um, this is like a throwback. Right. And they have a really good running back to like the Chase Um Yeah. No. Chase Winovich, Devin Bush. There we go. I was combining people. Um, a throwback to like their there defense. They're really good with Aiden Hutchison off the edge. And then their run game, like you mentioned. Just imagine if they kept Zach Charbonnet. I think this Michigan team would have been crazy. That's the theme of like these teams, though. Like Wake Forest lost, lost Robinson, and now he's a star on Michigan State. Like mm-hmm. everybody's just trading people, and all these guys are yeah. stars somewhere else. But continue. What were you going to say? Well, it just it it goes it goes to show just how talented that these these high school kids are coming into college now. Um, and you're right. If Michigan doesn't lose their like big vertical threat that they can use on the play action, I mean, I they may have a better chance of beating Ohio State. I still don't think it'll happen. For me, the team that I think can break out is Penn Sean State. Um, I think that Penn State has the ability. Can Sean Clifford come back? Is the question. I don't know what his injury timeline is. But if you have a healthy Sean Clifford, I think that they can be the team to beat Ohio State. I know the game is in the horseshoe this year. It's not at um, it's not in Happy Valley, so it'll be a bit tougher. Um, and then with all that being said, we're talking about Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Wouldn't it just be great if Michigan State just came in and just? I hope they do. I hope they do. Um, Wouldn't it be awesome? It's that kind of season, though. Like across the country, you get these teams are the ones that are jumping in there and are just like, "Oh, you're having a good year." Don't mind yep. if I mess that one up and they yep. kind of go in and do their thing. So I'm really, I'm really liking that. And you know, my Heisman candidate uh, in Robinson, I think would, um, I mean, would be fantastic. He is, he is um, doing carrying that. Michigan or Michigan. I mean, I would say carrying, but like he, he's obviously not like their whole team, but he is, it is very helpful to have someone who could go off every game for like he, 300 yards. And because like, exactly. And right, he's clearly their Peyton best football Thorne, player. Um, Although he's he's decent, he's not he's not going to win you games by himself. You need Robinson, like he's just a, a Walker. He's me. better better than Kenneth better than Walker Rocky in Lombardi, his last though. few games has gone for one twenty six, two thirty three, eighty four, and he he's had four touchdowns in the past three games. The kid the kid gets it. Kenneth Walker the third the third yeah, yeah. The, third. the third the third thank you have thank some you. respect for the other two <laughs> the third um. So now we talked about the top 25. We highlighted some matchups last week and we did a pick them. Um, we actually did. We had the same record, I believe, mm-hmm. unless I picked something. Um, we Perfect. both picked Cincinnati to beat UCF and we hit on that one. Um, I be- did Go you ahead, see? Can I pause you real quick? Did you see the UCF Twitter I, account? I did, the score of the game, I did like not. The graphic afterwards. So they they tweeted they said final result and they they said final result and it was a massive picture of the UCF football logo and if you look in the bottom right corner in teeny tiny font was the result of the game and then they didn't even bold Cincinnati like you know how like on ESPN like on the bottom line they like right. highlight the team that won no 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 they still highlighted the UCF over Cincinnati but the scores were wrong like like the scores were right like Cincinnati blew them out but it was just such a funny like. Oh yeah, you got blown out, but it's hard on the social no media. Like, what do you do? It I was, mean, speaking really of social funny, media teams really having a hard job, when when <laughs> Texas lost to Oklahoma, 
we had tweeted like in the third or fourth quarter whenever mm-hmm. we got that Xavier Worthy touchdown, and they literally went like a whole day without tweeting. Yep. <laughs> you love to see. But it. yeah, just you in just case you didn't know, Cincinnati won fifty six to twenty one. Just in case you saw the tweet and couldn't read it. Um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Texas lost Oklahoma State, and I believe we both picked Texas, so that's our one and one. We're one on one on the day. Um, we both picked Arkansas, which they lost to Auburn and Bo Nix. We both picked Florida, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we were wrong on that one. We did pick Georgia. We did pick Baylor, yeah. and then we picked Louisiana, who beat the living, you know what, out of App State. They, uh, they, they Billy Napier said. B- Billy Napier got a got a call from his agent before the game, and he said, "Hey guys, I need you to, I need you to show something out on national television for your coach." This right? is this that's, is that's for me, what happened. For you. <laughs> so, <laughs> football's a team game, but exactly. I only care about myself um, there, at the moment. A lot of things in college football this weekend, a lot of teams having success was due to quarterback changes, though. Um, Oklahoma, um, even you guys, you guys found more success when you plugged in Anthony Richardson. Um, Texas is kind of in this weird situation where we might be in the midst of a quarterback change again. Um, Casey Thompson struggled yesterday. He's injured on his thumb. Um, I feel like if you're injured and you know, you can't throw, don't play. I don't know. I don't know his pain, but started the game. He started the game with a wrap thumb. Couldn't hit a throw, took the, the wrap off, still couldn't hit a throw. Um, so there's a, there's a difference between being injured right. and being hurt, right? That's where the whole toughness aspect of football comes in where, you know, you have these 75-year-old coaches that are like, oh, I used to play through a broken leg. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. Don't play through a broken leg. Um, like, so don't play through an injury. Like, Anthony Richardson had his hamstring pulled. Like, that's bad. That is an injury. You could definitely mess that up for much longer if you rush to come back. So I did like, you know, if you're injured, stay out. But if you're hurt, then that's a pain tolerance thing. Like, if, there's, if you can't mess it up anymore, but it's hurt, like, that's on you. Whatever you want to do, but that's where the toughness aspect comes in. And who knows what happened with Casey Thompson. I don't know what, what it was. I, I did see that he had his thumb wrapped. I didn't know if it was, it could have been one of those things where it's like, Hey, you can't injure this any further. Could it's up been. to you if you want to play. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of quarterback changes throughout the nation. Um, I'd say a lot, but there are major programs. Um, Caleb Williams definitely took that job and it, he is never looking back. Um, Oklahoma had a streak where they were. Have you seen the video? Have you seen the video of the fan? Oh, reaction, like, reacting introductions to introductions in Norman. They're reacting. That, they were all they were all waiting to hear who the quarterback was, and it like went up on the screen, and it blew up like it was. That, that like, was a hundred thousand people it was incredible. praying that it was not Spencer Rattler's face. Um, Spencer. Well, if you if you respected student journalism and you read the, the daily, the, oh, which you is, daily believe, the University of Oklahoma student newspaper. Yeah, you would know that. Spencer Rattler was not going to be the starter that it was going to be um it was going to be Caleb. So like hello, just read thanks hello. to student journalism. Um yeah, hello. they were everybody's preying on the the downfall of Spencer Rattler. Um I think now during every game though people are looking at the sidelines like recording videos of like him after Caleb Williams does anything and like they're like, "Oh my god, he's not celebrating." Or like, "Oh my god, he didn't even high five Caleb." It's like the kid's disappointed. Let him be. Like I mean, it's a tough situation to be in. I, um, I will say, though, I think the quarterback transfer portal this offseason will be wild because I'm assuming – this is assuming whoever loses your quarterback job is transferring. Um, Spencer Rattler is likely hitting the portal. There's rumors that DJ Uyungle might 
seek the portal because Clemson has the Elite 11 MVP, Cade Klubnik, Klubnik, whatever his last name is, coming in as a freshman. Mm -hmm. Um, Texas might might lose someone depending on who leaves, who doesn't. Um, Michigan has a whole lot of people in that quarterback room. There's only one quarterback spot. Ohio State has like, yep. So there's going to be a big... A big pool of quarterback transfers. So if you don't have a quarterback next year, hit the portal hard. Um, there's a Joe Burrow. This is great. This is great news for Oregon. Like Oregon yep. is just licking its chops. Mario Cristobal is just. Sergio, I have a I have a trick question for you, right and unless you're reading my mind, your answer is wrong. Um, who was who was the best quarterback okay. yesterday in college football? The best quarterback in college football Long. was the okay. Purdue quarterback. So whose my name is favorite me. FCS team, Eastern Washington, is currently mm-hmm. 7-0. And their quarterback, oh. Eric Beret, threw for 600 yards, seven touchdowns through the air. And he also ran for a touchdown. Um, he had negative 23 rushing yards, but he ran for a touchdown. So he had... 300 yards rushing, eight <laughs> touchdowns. So like I said, whoever you said was going to be wrong because I knew you were not thinking of my boy Eric Beret out there beating the, beating the Idaho Vandals I, by 50. <laughs> I was not thinking of your boy Eric Beret. I forgot that your FC – and I didn't forget that your FCS team was Eastern Washington. I forgot that we were still doing that bit. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Tailgaters was once a college radio, sports radio show at Quinnipiac University where we – dissected we didn't dissect fcs football but we each adopted an fcs fcs football team and the eastern washington eagles were borba's um mine was austin p i have no idea how they're doing this year um but the reason that i said the purdue quarterback it's because aiden o'connell he went 30 for 40 375 and two touchdowns 600 600 yards big boy you guys oh okay yeah obviously when when you gave me the eastern washington (laughs) stats yes obviously but I wasn't expecting a division two, um, a second division statistical uh, bad. number. There, um, buddy. Your governors are sitting at two and four on the year. Unfortunately, you guys just lost to uh, Southeast Missouri oh. state in a, in a tough one. Um, you hate to see it. It's just not, <laughs> it's, not it's not my football year, dude. It's, it's just not, not good for me this year. Dolphins lost to the Jags this what morning. Like what is life right now? Do I even, I put on this, I put on this 1996 national title Florida shirt just to make me feel something. I was like, oh, what's it just like to have a good football team? Something. I don't know. Um, before we get into my minute of complaining, oh, the hot seat in college football. So obviously Ed Orgeron was going to be on the hot seat, and then they announced that he was like fired for a week, and like nobody had known but them. They they, they didn't put him on the yeah, hot they seat. They just took a chair off chair under him. him. So like to the rest of us, we're like, Edo's definitely on the hot seat. Like he has to be in <laughs> – LSU is like, yeah, we fired him like a week ago. It's fine. Um, it was like, you know, he was, yeah, no, no. Dude, yeah. You guys are way, way off. Yeah, yeah. Coach O has to stand. For so the USC, the there's no seat for him. Um, they have a job opening. LSU has a job opening. Um, some other programs maybe might see some some people leave. Uh, Manny Diaz might get the boot eventually at Miami. Um, so there's going to be some big programs opening up. I'm, ass- I'm assuming Urban Meyer will quit messing around in his, in his Ohio bar and come coach a college team again. Uh, he's just not cut up. I don't know, man. If if they if they move the Jags to London permanently, they're undefeated with Urban Meyer hey. at, uh, in London. So Urban Meyer in knows, Europe dude. never lost. <laughs> Unde- undefeated. Undefeated across the, the pond. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of job openings. But now, Sergio, it's time for our favorite time 
the viewers probably favorite time too you guys could tell us your complaints too tweet at us comment at us on apple spotify wherever you get your podcast mm-hmm. comment who your team is what your complaints your happiness whatever what it is um i'll start us off since you got a big tidbit about florida texas i wrote about this today if the game ended at halftime we would have two back-to-back top 15 wins in convincing fashion but unfortunately there are four quarters to a football game and texas has been unable to play the third and fourth quarter yesterday sergio do you want to guess how many yards we accumulated in that fourth quarter i'm barring you didn't see this stat. i'm gonna i saw i saw parts so like, of the game I didn't your the guess, game, just subtract like but 50. i'm gonna go ahead and mm-hmm Okay, I was gonna say like one twenty. We got so let's one, go with one seven. yard in the fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we it, we did get uh, one whopping yard in the fourth quarter. Um, oh, th- what I what I ex- saw was the first half. By the way, I was like, okay, Texas looks they're down. But this they, is the second fine, straight game we have blown a double digit lead at halftime, so that's cool. Um, you just need to tell your players at halftime and be like, guys, this is not the second half. We are starting over. I think, I think our staff is like, so I don't know if our staff way. is aware, but like other teams can and will make adjustments um, to what happened in the first half. And so like we can't just go out there and expect the same <laughs> things to work. Um, the biggest complaint I have is one, I have two complaints. One, our play calling on both sides of the ball was terrible. Um, Joel Klatt was literally going off on the, on the broadcast. Um, there was a obvious rushing down for Oklahoma State, whose only offense is the running back. They gave him like 35 carries yesterday. Um, we were in a too high safety, mm-hmm. which is more of like a prevent defense on a passing down. And obviously they ran the ball right up the middle and got mm-hmm. the first down. Shocker. Um, so it was like, what are we doing there? And then on offense, we gave Bijan, I believe, 16 or 15 touches in the first half. And then he got eight touches in the second half. So... You think giving the ball to your Heisman contender running back would be like kind of like in the playbook a little more. Um, Oklahoma State really couldn't contain them. Like our offensive mm-hmm. line is terrible. We might have it's like it's up there with like Florida State level bad. I, 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 Florida would I think, like to I think enter the chat room. I think we're all sitting in the same room play. just talking about how we like, oh, this week we only get three sacks. Like thumbs up, double gold star right there. But our, our offensive line, they were going with the, the hockey. They were going with the hockey method. Like they were rotating guys in and out, like every single play. Like they were like, "Hey, you go to right tackle. You go to right guard." Like it was just like on and off every single play. It was just. Did they think they could just like confuse the Oklahoma State defensive line by like, wait a minute, this guy was blocking me. No, no I don't this know. Guy's blocking I don't know what the plan was. Is that what um, they thought? Like, I think my biggest issue right now is if Casey Thompson is hurt, he should not be playing, and if he's not hurt, he needs to figure it out because. Mm-hmm. We have a bye week, so we have two weeks to prepare for Baylor. Um, Texas is, I wouldn't say they're out of Big 12 contention, but they need to win every game, and they need people to lose. And so we got to focus on it. Yeah. It is possible. It's um, still possible. It's we still need people possible for you to step it up. Um, you know what else hurt that loss yesterday? We had Arch Manning, Evan Stewart, Jaleel Skinner. Um, we had, like every, we had I think, six five-stars in attendance, um, a lot of them number one at their position. And we put out a dud. Our leading receiver had two catches for 60 yards. Um, 58 of those yards came on one play. So it just. How do you, how do you feel about the two schools of thought of 
I don't know, because there's two schools of thought, right? There's one where it's like, oh my gosh, we laid an egg in front of these recruits. They don't want to come. Or it's these recruits seeing, oh, I can get I, on the okay. field here. If I come here, I I've, can make an impact. I've actually what been do you think of that? opting to use the second one more because it's depressing to think about the, the other one. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have so like, to. <laughs> well, it's okay. That's we Our biggest recruiting weekend of the year was the Alabama game. And so I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, they see yeah, that we're two points away like, from <laughs> but um, it's just No, I do agree with you. I think that's the thing, though, especially like on the offensive line. Like If you're a talented offensive lineman who thinks you could play right away, come to Texas, come to Florida, Florida State, there's a spot for you. We can't block. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Same thing with there is uh, receiver is a little more disappointing, especially with Evan Stewart. Um, I think, I think he wants to see um, production at the receiver position. So like last week would have been a prime week, even though we lost like Xavier worthy had two over 200 yards receiving. He was all over the field. And then this week, our leading receiver had two catches for 60 yards. And yeah. So I think, I think, I think what you need to work, what needs to work in your favor this weekend is that Arch Manning and Evan Stewart said, wouldn't it be great if we played together? And there's no way Archman is going to Florida, and it's between Evans, Florida, and, and right. Texas for Evan Stewart. So that would that would help in your favor, where yeah, I mean, you get both. It's like it's like you get like, both, but not I'm Arch Manning. You don't Arch Manning just came off a loss on national television, where his team and he himself did not look the best. Um, his team is pretty bad. I'm not gonna mm. lie. Um, he plays in like, yeah, he plays in like he some whack division, team. Louisiana, where like they, they all suck and. Well, like he plays in the, he plays at the same school that every yeah, Manning so, has gone to. Like it's it's like a thing where there was no option for him to go to like this a, like big. There's like a school, local you know, like private school, and they're like that. really like the kids on his team are built like I am. Like they're like five seven. Like it's like what are we doing? Like yeah, get Arch yeah, some help. Yeah. But yeah, he he's not going to he's not going to a St. Thomas. Yeah, he's not going so, to an IMG. He's I mean, it does to hurt school. to lose in front of all the top recruits. But like you said, I mean, they could see that the the talent on the field is not there. And that they could be there. Um, it just depends on. I feel like mm-hmm. Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian is like a really good salesman. Um, I, I imagine after the game, it's probably he was probably disappointed after the game because it's probably easier to co- convince people to come after a win. But um, I think I think what we factor into recruiting too much is like um, results of that day. Um, the recruits obviously would like to see you win, but the school has to be a perfect fit academically, uh, geographically. Like a lot of kids get homesick. Um, a lot of kids want to play where they feel valued. And so although it is cool to win in front of them, like that's not the only thing that matters. But yeah, it was a disappointing outing. Um, I was disappointing for both me and you. Um, yeah, rough weekend for college football. We'll be back in a few days. We'll, we'll be more chipper. We'll be talking about some predictions and some breaking news, whatever happens in the next couple of days. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we recorded this on Sunday and not like – because we could have recorded this Saturday night, but – I was a little too. I was down Saturday, um, and then definitely, I, I yeah, definitely. Like we didn't te- we didn't text yesterday. Yeah, we, like, just, we both knew not to. You know what? Like <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the Oklahoma game. Yeah. My friend is one of my friends' best friends. Oh, Caden, diehard Oklahoma fan. He wasn't saying anything in the first half, and then all of a sudden, the second half, I was starting to get some text messages, and I was like, "Oh, this this is how it is, huh?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my my cousin Vinny um, went to. LSU and so we've been texting each other but honestly because both of our programs are kind of not where we want them to be it was kind of lamenting both of us like he like the the text he sent me to start wasn't about football he goes what in the world are you guys wearing which by the way god awful orange uniforms like the all orange 
not designed for television. See how my shirt Borba is blue and the orange is an accent. Yeah, You're a hater. that's you, how we should be. You using guys the are the orange state. You guys invented the orange. Using... Get over it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what the you know what the best Gatorade flavor and the OG and Gatorade it, flavor is lemon lime. Is. It's Don't true. see I any mean, orange in that. That's, it, so you guys invented the orange. So you're called the Sunshine State or something, but like I think of oranges when I think of Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should because they're delicious, and I love that, that's I love for a different day. They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> well, add. I don't appreciate you saying that to a Colombian from South Florida. I just don't. I just feel like that was a little. That's my fault. That's my fault. All right, buddy. I've been watching too much Narcos and stuff. It's been getting to me. Uh, um, But yeah, it's been a rough college football weekend. Um, We will be back in a few days to give you the breakdown of this next upcoming week because college football is getting better and better every week. Um, It's just our teams. Yeah, our teams won't be involved. We'll be in a better mood. Both of our teams are off next week. We can't lose because we don't play anybody. Lament. Can't lose if you don't play. But I Very did well see that Texas it. is a half point underdog against the bye week, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> this has been your tailgate <laughs> podcast. I'm Kevin Borba. He is Sergio De La Esparrea. I don't even think we introduced ourselves in the beginning, but we did now, so who cares? Um, you can get this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast. Tune in, like, subscribe, rate us five stars, whatever. We appreciate you, and we will see you guys soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.